Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Spirits move me every time I'm near you, whirling like a cyclone in my mind. You're my lifeline, angel of my lifetime, answer to all answers I can find. Fucking awful, isn't it? Having tickled your oracles with the finest poetry known to humanity, at least in the English language, from Philip Larkin to Emily Dickinson to Sherwin Bitsui, to the bard himself, the swan of Avon. Those opening lines that I've just read to you come from the song Could It Be Magic by Take That, and they make me want to puke. Welcome to Cop On Podcast, you dreamy, creamy Viennese whirl. My name's Owen, and I want to thank you, the listener, dearly for being a dear and listening. You can report us on Twitter at Cop On Podcast. You can support us for the cheaper than chips amount of one US dollar per month via patreon.com forward slash Cop On Podcast. Or you can send in your phishing scams to Cop On Podcast at gmail.com. Seasons greetings to everyone out there who celebrates such things. Or ho, 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 as Wayne Rooney said when asked what he wanted for Christmas. This is Cop On. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. For the record, our biggest ever away wins are 8-0 versus Stoke in the League Cup fourth round in the year 2000, 7-0 versus Burton Swifts in February 1896. Just one month later, in March 1896, we beat Crew Alexandra 7-0. Both of those results were in the old second division. We beat Birmingham City also 7-0 in the FA Cup sixth round in 2006. And we beat NK Maribor a couple of seasons ago in 2017, 7-0 in the Champions League group phase. Um, and these are the, the best away results in our history uh, but then yesterday, as we're recording this, Liverpool smashed in seven away from home for the first time ever in the top flight. And it's an absolute delight to to be joined by Brian, by Fergus and by Robin. Um, welcome back, Robin. I'm just going to start with you. Um, what does that result uh, mean to you? What does it mean for you? What does it mean on a personal level or what does it mean uh, to our rivals or in the greater context? Um, basically, how are you feeling about it all? Thanks, Owen. Yeah, I um, I loved it. It was such a good match. I watched it with mo- uh, one of my daughters um, and I was telling her about the day that we won 9-0 against Crystal Palace and she couldn't believe that football can get to that kind of score. And so as each goal went in, we just celebrated more and more and more. It was um, such a great victory. Um, It's a bit of a statement victory as well. It helps us to try and banish some of our away run that we had away um, away form. Uh, It hasn't been as good as it was last year. And that seems like it's capped off of a really good week, um, us reclaiming top spot and then solidifying. And what a great way to try and uh, win back some of the goal difference as well. So I was in such a high. And it's not just the game that we played or how good you were. It's the quality of goals that we scored. It was just a one after another. You just, you just, I actually lost count of... Um, I actually lost... 
um, memory of all the goals that we scored. And I had to go back and watch it again on the highlights to think what the earlier goals like. So uh, it's a very, very like, amazing time to go into Christmas again at the top of the table for the third successive year. Um, I loved it. Great answer. Yeah, love it. I love the fact you're... You're passing down the, the Liverpool FC tradition into the family. Excellent stuff. That's what it's all about. Great stuff. Brian, this win, it took us from plus 10 goal difference to plus 17 goal difference, which is much more commensurate with the teams at the top of the table. Do you think goal difference is going to be important this season or are we just going to run away with it now? Uh, I think... Not to be too bombastic, it's not like me to be bombastic, but I do think Liverpool will run away with it. I think this game will go down as probably the most important game of the season because um, it was it was a real turning point uh, for me. Uh, I just think, I mean, if you listened to the podcasts and the pundits afterwards, the the narrative had shifted very, very clearly. Um, it was back to this Liverpool team are unstoppable, this Liverpool team are on another level. And we all knew, we all knew what that last, that 90-minute winner against Spurs meant. We knew, they knew. And then to go and play the same team that they played before us and drew 1-1 and just absolutely, it was just sublime. Like, I mean, every single goal was a uh, was one for the for the record books. They were all beautiful. So I think this this result, if you combine the two together, actually the Spurs result and this one together, it's such a marker. It really says to the entire league that we haven't gone anywhere. We mean absolute business, and I think it will just put so much doubt in so many of those teams, especially Spurs. You know know your place you're not you're not there yet you're nowhere near there and i can see it i mean i you know city maybe get may get their act together and get closer to us but i mean no nah, i mean it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant and i think again like when we look back on this season when we're lifting that trophy again uh, at the end of next year um we'll look back on this particular game and it'll, it'll be the game that really set us off again and and we can go on now and stretch our legs interesting you should say that because i would say that was the midweek win over spurs was the big turning point but it's very interesting it's lovely to have to be able to have this uh you know this difference of opinion as to which win was more important because i love the i mean at the end of the day it's, it's all beautiful um fergus thanks a lot for joining us again uh, sorry, yes, Brian. Sorry, you wanted to say something. I, so I was just going to say, I, I, I kind of agree with you, but let's say we followed up that win with Spurs with a one-one against Crystal Palace. The, 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 the chat would be still, oh, because like after that Spurs game, all of the Spurs fans were going, we can catch them. Their away form is terrible. You know, let's see, let's see where they're at when they come back to our ground. And if you. For me, I think combining that away form and uh, sorry, that, combining that game and this one, like such, it was such a perfect performance. Um, it really gives us a platform to um, to really attack that whole question mark about our away form. Because if we put, if we just put two more results in um, in quick succession in away fixtures now, which our fixture list coming up is quite kind then that just completely gets that monkey off the back 
for us takes that pressure off the team and all of the the narratives and the stories start to like it's like wind in their sail if you like it starts to pick up and, and everybody gets on the liverpool train again but you know but as you say opinions you know so uh, they're both brilliant right at the end of the day no i see what you mean it's a very it's a very good point well made very good point indeed um fergus when you look at the table now um liverpool goals for um 36 goals against 19 and 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 scrolling down the league the next best goal scored is 26 um it's big robin used the word a statement win um, I imagine Carlo Ancelotti, Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, um, they'll all be staring long and hard into their mulled cider this this Christmas time. How are you feeling about it all, Fergus? I won't stay long on this call, Owen, just because I have some background noise and uh, my AirPods have got have uh, gone flat on the battery. But anyway, I'll have a, I'll just um, give my thoughts on the match and the situation, and then I'll probably just dive out. I'm sorry. Um, but we now have the best goal difference in the in the whole division, and that's despite the 7-2 atrocity against Villa. So that's great. Uh, and the other thing, I'd agree with what Owen and Brian, both your sentiments are. Basically, the Tottenham game, I thought, was the biggest win of the season. And it's, um, <clears throat> it's uh, reminded all of our rivals that uh, we are the champions and we are the best. And... Um, I just think we're we're tougher than all the rest. You know, there's a song tougher than all the rest. Can't remember who sang it, but I know I just it comes to mind. And I think what's happening is that Liverpool are showing that they can that they can um, overcome uh, all the other. We're tougher than all our opponents in that we're we have been playing two games a week between two and three games a week and we're still able to come up with victories like the one against Tottenham and this one the 7-0 win yesterday so it's it's great that we can do all of that um, but anyway I'll, I'll leave it there Owen because I'm struggling with the background noise but uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon yeah no worries thanks a lot Fergus I mean it's great to have your opinion and it's great that you know, Fergus is able to bring in Tina Turner in his two-minute cameo into this week's episode of Cop On Podcast. Tina Turner, simply the best, of course. Um, I'm going to say something very controversial, Robin, uh, because for me, I didn't think we were very good in the first half. Now, uh, I've also got some background noise going on. Excuse me, there's a, the, the sort of Sunday uh, early evening traffic going past the window. I'm sure you'll be able to hear some cars at some point. But anyway, concentrate, Owen, concentrate. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that in the first half, I thought we were pretty bad. I've got my notes from the game here, Robin. Um, and, you know, the first note is great start. We'll talk about the goals soon. Um, you know, Tacky, obviously, brilliant finish, etc. We're going to get on to that. But then my notes go as follows. Fabinho just manages to stop a Zaha break. Schlup breaks and Matip just manages to intercept. Fabinho, great touch to divert Zaha's low cross. Um, an IU pass in behind for Zaha uh, after Fab mistake oh so it was behind Zaha that really really good chance again one long throw from Gaeta and they are almost in if it wasn't for an excellent tacky tackle by Naby um 
or tacky by Nabal, if you prefer. Um, lots of dangerous set pieces that Palace were taking to the back post. A schlup header from a corner that was fortunately straight at Allison, and that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven really good chances they had between Tacky's wonder goal and Mane, I believe it was the 35th minute, turning and slapping that second goal in. So, um, I mean, is it just a case of the fact that we were absolutely clinical and that's what killed the match? Or do you agree with, you know, most, um, you know, in fact, everyone that I've I've listened to, which makes me think I'm probably wrong. Um, and, you know, was it just a brilliant performance or is there, you know, for me, it was, there's a lot of room for improvement in that first half. I don't know. No, you're not wrong there, Owen. I, I can see where you're coming from. 7-0 is a very flattering scoreline. You don't get that in the Premier League that often. So you've got to take credit and you've got to um, uh, you've got to realise what kind of um, statement that may means. But you're right, in the first half, we didn't have it all our own way. It could have been a very different game. Um, those uh, incidents that you mentioned about, um, if one or two of those gone in, it could have been a very different game. The momentum could have swung, the motivation of the players or the mindset of the players could have been different. Uh, all sorts of could have happened. So I do think that's something that we need to work on. Post-match after the game, uh, Henderson did mention that uh, it was um, a sloppy uh, there were uh, times that we were sloppy in the first half and he seems a bit strange to hear that after a 7-0 victory but you're right Henderson yourself are right if some of those things um, had gone differently who knows what would have happened um, I think Fabinho played really well um, I think you mentioned on the group chat that how you're starting to prefer Fabinho as a centre-back man you can see that I think that the one mistake he did make is like um, when he slipped and he let IU turn him um, run and turn inside but his cut back to Zaha was too short and he didn't find the um, the intended target and that could have been a very different um, I, but, but I think all these chances that they had were good chances but the, not better chances than the half chances that we we actually missed yes we scored seven but we had uh, many more attempts and if we had scored those the, the game could have gone into double figures um, but it's I feel as though we're not we don't have our first choice back four so we do have to give some allowances to the people playing in there if it was a very fit on form Gomez and Van Dyke it could have been different and we would have um, we probably would have snuffed those chances out um, we are where we are now but at the end of the day um, with our second third fourth choice centre-back whatever you want to call it we're still top of the league and we're doing well. So that bodes well for us. Um, there's also an opportunity where um, I think Reese Williams tried to leap and hit the ball out. He just missed it. I think it flicked onto Bergwin, who... Um, no, I'm, I'm thinking about the Tottenham game now. No, but I think, um, I think our defence is... Um, doing well at the moment there are good interception i also like how one-on-one -on -one fabinho um holds strong and he reads the game really well and he and he puts his foot in at the right time um it's not our all on way but i think the goals came at a good time for us for uh, liverpool to move on to the next stage and just completely nullify and eliminate any motivation that palace had to try and retaliate uh, to to the goals that we scored Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good answer. I mean, Fabinho, I mean, apart from that mistake that you mentioned, he was, 
He was excellent, but um, you know, I just can't help it. I will move on to the positives, but I just can't help thinking, uh, Brian, that we were as wide open as Big Sam's box of mince pies. Um, is there anything we can do to sort of, you know, tighten up? I mean, is it just a natural consequence of, you know, being the attacking team, being the one on the front foot? And, you know, when one team sits pa- sits back with a with a defensive 4-4-2 or back eight, as I call it, like uh, Hodgie was trying to do, um, you know, and we're, we're on the front foot, like we're naturally going to be open to the counter-attack. I don't know. Is there anything we can do? To be better, um, uh, you know, I was thinking about. I mean, I we, when we were watching the game, I was watching it with my uh, buddy as usual, and uh, he wasn't very comfortable those first twenty minutes, and uh, it was actually really funny because he was he was berating Taki Omi as he scored the goal. He's like, oh, just he's useless. He's kind of like, no, there's a player there, and no, he's he's not going to make it. And as he said those words, he scored, <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know. I mean, I think the first half, um, yeah, it was open. I think any, everybody could see that it was probably a bit too open. But I'm thinking, you know, may, I mean, maybe that's a kind of calculated risk uh, assessment that the team uh, make, the manager makes, because it's depending on who we're playing against. We like we're certainly not that open against like Man City or 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 Spurs or or whatever. You know, we I think we kind of change our game plan and we tweak it we take more risks depending on who we're playing because I mean, the finishing from, from uh, Crystal Palace uh, yesterday was, was brutal. But I mean, I think as the game went on, I mean, I think everybody agreed the second half uh, we were in total control of the game completely. I think we were just, uh, it was game management from, from 55 minutes on. I mean, really Henderson scored in the 52nd minute and they were just walking after because that made it four nil. And the Palace, you know, even at 3-0, they could, you know, they they, had, they probably, you know, Christian Bull flashed through their eyes again. And they said, well, if we, they thought, you know, if we can do it once, we can do it again, maybe. But the fourth goal in 52 minutes, I can't believe, I've never known um, a, a match to be over with, you know, 38 minutes to go. And it was just a, a training exercise for... For 38 minutes, I've never known a match in the Premier League to be like that. Yeah, it, uh, you know, I think, you know what I think it is? Because, like, if it was a Brendan Rodgers team, uh, uh, not to, 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 to shit on him too much, but if it was a Brendan Rodgers team, they would still think, we can still get in this, we can still get back. But this team and Klopp, this is a Klopp team, um, they're thinking, if we try more to get back and we could get, I could lose my job, <laughs> basically, because... This team has steel, has steel. I mean, it's like the rest of the league. I mean, if you if you if you look at some of the fan talking from other clubs, they're absolutely spitting fire. Like, how is it that Liverpool can have a, a, a keeper who played for Cork Rangers or something like that, and he plays an absolute worldie? They have this other this this defender who's eighteen or nineteen, and he's playing like Virgil Van Dijk. Curtis Jones is a complete revelation, um, and you know you got that team doesn't look like it's 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 going to second guess itself. It backs itself. It trusts itself. We trust that team, and I think you know with this season, I think it's going to get better now, game by game. We're going to start to really um, exert our our dominance. You know, touch wood. Any any new kind of injuries coming in aside, but. 
there's just a, a confidence in this team that they can, um, like, they're not going to throw away a, a 4-0 lead. It's not going to happen. And, you know, uh, Crystal Palace, I, mean, I rate Crystal Palace really highly. I always have them. They're a dangerous team. They always have really fast, dangerous, skillful players. And say what you like about Hodgie, um, he knows how to set up a team um, for sure. And uh, he has got result after result after result of top four teams over the past two or three seasons. And, you know, Spurs, the the wonderful Spurs that everybody are waxing lyrical about um, that I predicted would be absolutely destroyed after all of these uh, fixtures that they have to get through. By the end, like by January 1st, they could be completely out of the race um, if, this, if this run continues for them. Um, yeah, the, 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 the brilliant Spurs only, you know, only managed to get a 1-1 um, draw against them. So, I mean, the style of play that we that we play, we play very brave football. Uh, our, play, our, our team is incredibly high up the pitch and we're going to be susceptible to breaks from players like Saha and IU and whatever. I thought the defenders were exceptional. I mean, I think, you know, Fabinho, he's allowed to have a mistake every now and again because he's not a centre-back, but, you know, you would never know it. But I just thought some of the positioning, like Matip, when he kind of shepherded uh, I can't remember which Fulham player it was, but it was he was one on one with Matip, and Matip stayed on his feet, and he basically whatever way he positioned himself, he just basically said, "I trust my goalkeeper. Go take a shot. You know, I'm going to cut off the angles, and if you can beat Allison from from there, do it." And he did it so cleverly. He didn't jump in and tackle. I just think you know it was just a such a brilliant result. And performance and and when it when the goals started to rain in those special goals i mean i before this part i went back and just to remind myself of the goals you know just, just which one was good and they're just like video game goals they really are they're just every single one of them is just hendos they're all like taking the net off after them i i, I really can't stress how amazing that game was and i just think it'll give us so much power and it happened at the best time as well because we've got eight days off and then all our other you know rivals have to play shitty like spurs literally have to play stoke on a rainy night (laughs) away (laughs) that's brilliant that's fantastic that's excellent yeah, I mean, the League Cup, you can say what you want about it, but I will never hold it in high regard. Even, I mean, the only time it's good is if you win it as part of like a treble or a double or something. Even as a double, the Premier League and League Cup, pff, you may as well. I mean, it's good to win a trophy, but honestly, to go out, it, it really does not bother me in the slightest. It's much better to be out early to have this break exactly um so um yeah but the goals we, we better start talking about the goals or else um you know we won't have time because <laughs> uh, there are so many of them um the first one robin um two minutes gone uh wonderful play by sadio Mane, cool as a cuke to slip it through to tacky and uh, everyone would have thought a player who was off confidence would would try and hit it first time you know and, and the defender would have blocked it quite easily but no he had the little a snaky little shimmy to buy himself half a yard and absolutely bury it into the bottom corner. Um, is he the new Pele, Robin? 
yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, we've got we've got eleven Pele's on the pitch. Um, <laughs> it's it, it that that shimmy that you mentioned that that was the key to that goal. It was really good build up um, by Liverpool and and nice turn and uh, pass by uh, Mane, but. Um, it was that calmness when he got the ball. I actually missed the goal in real time. I was um, too busy watching um, some children's cartoons trying to convince my girls to switch over to the football. But when we switched over four minutes, I missed the goal. So um, I saw it afterwards. It was that little shimmy that he did that sold the defender, that allowed him that little bit of time. And it's really reassuring that for a guy who this is his first premiership goal, he hasn't been hitting the back of the net as regularly as he was for Salzburg. And when he got that opportunity, he had the calmness and the collectiveness to actually compose himself, to do a little piece of skill, to buy himself an extra half a second to put that ball away. It was quite... um, impressive um and i think his all-round game was very good i think i said that before the match himself and navigator do need to uh, step it up a gear as well because some of their teammates have already clicked into um good form whereas these two just were playing catch-up and i think that was a very good moment for uh minamino to to show that actually he, he he can play can influence the game and he's got a good intelligent um, brain uh, about himself. And that was a great way to start the game. It, it set the calmness and, and, and the nerves for Liverpool match uh, for the for Liverpool team to carry on from that. Um, and he had a great game. I thought he had a really great great game. You mentioned about Curtis Jones, how he's come of age. And I think not, not many Liverpool fans will argue with that. But I think um, we've got one or two other players who are... Not quite there yet, but if they were to play in the first team, you wouldn't worry about them because it's the system that carries them and the personnel that fits into that system all have a job to do. And Minamino is almost there now, I think. It's, it was a great performance by him and what a well-taking goal. Um, but what does he need to do, Robin, to, to really force himself in into the team? I mean, of course, the the only reason he started yesterday was because of, you know, Jota's injury. Um, so to get ahead of either Jota somehow or, 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 or anyone else in the front three, I mean, is he better off trying to slot into midfield if he sort of bulks up a bit? Because I think he could do a job there. But then, of course, we've got some crazy talent there as well. I don't know. Is there a way in for him? Can you see a path for Minamino? No, that's a really good question because... Um... I think he got into the team, one, because of Jota's uh, injury and two, because of Salah being uh, rested or at least given a, um, not given the full 90 minutes. Now, he's played as an attacking midfielder, as a wide midfielder in the past. And I don't think he's he's done as well as we'd hoped him uh, to be, um, we, as, as well as what we've hoped him to do. I think his best position is in and around the number nine. So either... Um, just off the number nine or um, the supporting striker. I think his cleverness and intelligence of playing passes and movement around the box is probably his strength. But unfortunately, he's up against some heavy competition. So if he does bulk up, as you say, um, it may be able to uh, tussle with some of the balls or second balls that come in around the area. I think the performance he did yesterday, he just has to keep going and he just bide his time. If you look at someone like um, 
uh, Curtis Jones, you wouldn't have called him as a very, um, a, a, you wouldn't called him at the start of the season as a regular starter for the Liverpool midfield. But now he holds his own. I, I personally think there's one or two better than him. But if you were to play, you'd still be proud of him and you're still hoping the best. And you wouldn't be embar- You wouldn't think that he would embarrass you by his performance. So I think Minamino just needs to carry on doing that. The competition is fierce in that kind of level. I think his best position is in the Firmino position. But I think ahead of him, he's got obviously Firmino, who's the boss. And then you have uh, Jota, who started like a, a man on fire. He, um, so he has got a little more catching up to do. I think yesterday's performance against Palace is a great step in the right direction. And we just need to see a few more of those. And then we have an amazing squad that we thought, how are we going to add depth at the start of the season? And now we've got players all around the place that can step in and you wouldn't worry or think twice about so I think Minamina's on the right direction, just needs to carry on going, doing what he's doing. Great answer, great answer. Um, yeah, it's so exciting. It's so exciting to be a Red. Uh, Brian, the next goal, Sadio Mane. I mean, we were, we've been talking about him recently, haven't we? I mean, that was his first goal in, in 10 games, but he always seems to um, triumph against the Eagles. He always seems to hunt the Eagles, bring them down with a poisoned arrow or something uh something like that um i've said before that his feet are like frying pans because he's never scuffed a shot in his life he absolutely thwacks the ball and either you know he's had a few of these recently similar turn and shot turn and shot you never know which way he's going as a defender of course uh, but he's been going just wide or it's been going straight at the keeper but he absolutely um for want of a better word twats the ball doesn't he <laughs> Yeah, he kind of Alan Alan Partridge's the ball. <laughs> he he thunder he twats the ball. <laughs> um, yeah, like that's, uh, that's the ball. Yes. What's what's this, what Alan Partridge is like a leg like a steam train. I, anyway, I, I can't remember. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, it, it was brilliant, wasn't it? And um, I mean, how do you mark that? He just. He just turns so quickly, and then, as you say, twats the ball, and it's and the it's the way that ball hit the back of the net. That was the kind of that was the first inkling that oh, this could be the this could be the twatting that we've all been predicting for 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 weeks now. We've all been saying some team's going to get it from us, you know. One of these days, when it all just clicks, we've had such. I think we really we've had such bad luck. We've had such marginal calls, all not going our way, injuries, everything, and yet we somehow seem to have uh, navigated it all and come out the end um, in in really good shape. And yeah, I just think if um, if Taki's goal was a real uplifting moment, uh, Mane's goal was was the first sign to Crystal Palace that oh Christ, this could this could be bad. Um, because it wasn't a tap-in, it was a special goal, and yeah, I mean, it was brilliant. It's so lovely to see him back on the score sheet, and uh, obviously the assist for Tacky, um, but Brian, he, he he did go off in a bit of a huff, um, but, uh, probably because he reckoned he could probably score about another four goals against Palace. He loves playing the Palace. Um, oh, uh, sorry, traffic going past, yes. Um, so, um, the... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, what do you make of that? I mean, is there anything to read into it? Not really, right? He was just in a sulk as he went off the pitch, just like Mo Salah was the other week. Yeah, no, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Every, like, every footballer, all the all the footballers, all the ex-pros who've won trophies unanimously say that's brilliant because there was goals. There was goals on the pitch and he's competitive and he's chasing the golden boot. And he knew that he could he could have a hat trick, and he just didn't want to come off. Um, and I just wanted to mention one thing about Taki that I really, really love, and I think he offers di- something different to him. I think like he reminds me of Luis Garcia. You know, he's like uh, he's our Japanese Luis. Like he may not be brilliant every single game, but he can be special, and he offers something different because I think his movement in behind the lines is brilliant he drags players out of position he was like that in his previous team i've noticed that before he finds little half spaces and he opens up channels for the other two um like in a similar way that bobby does he's kind of selfish and he he yeah he just his his movement in the game was brilliant i mean he's a bit hectic at times but his his runs in behind defenders uh, i i love um but yeah getting back to mané it's brilliant absolutely i that's one of my favorite things in the world to see our players being subbed and being absolutely fuming the day you know a player comes off and looks like he's happy with that and he's high-fiving it's the day that you know that guy's not going to stay in the team for much longer because the the competition is so fierce you you want you want your your best players to be to be gnarly and and yeah he he, um because if you look at the start of the game you know when he scored his goal he's all smiles you know, he wasn't like he was in a mood. He was, he was, he was enjoying himself, but he had a face like thunder when he was sitting on the bench, and that just made me really warm and giddy inside. I just thought, yes, yes, because he's going to be hungry next time he gets on, on. He just didn't like that. And I, but you know, we have to manage the team. We can't just play Bobby, Mane, and and Salah every single game. They, they, we have to rotate, and there was no better time to rotate than when, like, I don't know, we were, I think we were four 0 up at that stage, was it? And and then. Um, you know, Salah came on and got his his couple of uh, goals as well. But yeah, no, I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Yes, we were four 0 up um, at that time. Uh, the, the third goal, uh, Robin, um, you get to talk about this one. You lucky man, uh, Bobby Firmino. The first touch. Um, if if it was uh, if it was uh, in the insect world, that first touch, I would say it was sort of as soft as a butterfly's butt cheek, and then the finish as well was it was just it was just delicate um glory um i don't know what else to compare it to uh maybe we shouldn't even compare it we should just admire it for the for the work of genius that it was the whole thing that whole move was just from start to finish for me one of the goals of the season what what do you think oh that was easily my uh, favorite goal uh the game with uh, Firmino's uh Firmino's first goal it was one heck of a uh, one-two with uh, Robbo, right? So um, that was a really nice touch where he got, um, where Firmino got the ball. And how he played the ball out wide left to Firmino, it was, it was quite a special ball. Firmino, um, uh, Rob, Robertson latched onto it and he ran. And what I really enjoyed is like the rest of the Liverpool team, they just pegged it forward, including Firmino. Firmino, Mane, uh, Minamino, they just raced as fast as they can to try and get into decent space. And then when Robertson put that ball in, it didn't seem like it was a cross. It seemed like he placed it exactly into the path where Bobby was trying to get to. 
And there were so many elements of that move that you mentioned, Owen, where it was just sublime. So that the first touch that Bobine, um, uh, uh, Firmino got to take the ball down from Robertson, it just killed the momentum of the ball dead into the path. And that flick uh, was so cool. It was so Brazilian. It was just beautiful it was easily my be- my favorite goal i mean it's hard to say it's my favorite goal because there were some great goals yesterday but i think that i had to tip it it was just so cool and i think his celebration that he did afterwards after the match showed that that frustration he had um with people perhaps commenting on whether or not he should be in the team commenting on whether or not his contribution to this to to the team is as good as it used to i think that frustration showed when he ran towards the cop to try and celebrate and i think most of the diehard Liverpool fans will realize what quality and how much class he is and i think that's the goal that showed it that um how how, how awesome bobby Firmino is um beautiful goal and there's something uh robin about about that as well i mean Bobby, if you now look at his stats uh, for the just the Premier League, it's 14 matches played, 1,123 minutes. And the fact that he's scored three goals in the last two games and he got, he got an assist as well. I mean, he's, now, he's now on five goals and three assists from 14 matches, which is actually doing a bit better than, than, than you would even expect from Bobby because he's, he's so much of a link man. And this season, I mean, last season, for example, in 38 matches, he, he got only nine goals and eight assists. We don't need him to score. I mean, that's, that's sort of well documented. But the fact that he, he now has these three goals uh, and he's going into Christmas, which is, you know, he's, he's a very religious man and it will be a very spiritual time for him and his family. And he's got that, all of that buzz uh, to, to to sort of get him through his his Christmas turkey, and um, he's got to be um, I don't know he, he, he's he's going to come back. He might even visit the dentist and come back with even brighter teeth uh, against West Brom. And you know it's 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 almost like I mean is this I don't know because I hesitate to say I think he's done well this season. He was awful in one match against Aston Villa and the rest of the season he's he's been all right in my book like but then but then in the last two games especially I mean, with those with those goals um really important goals um the third one was 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 wonderful timing and and glorious and and have we got Bobby really sort of you know like take that back for good may it long continue i hope so um it- Everybody can have a dip in form. It's that's just normal, right? Uh, unless you're Messi or Ronaldo, you just everybody can have a dip in form. And I don't think Firmino's dip in form has been that spectacular. He there's he's been a few games where he hasn't scored, but that's fine. That's okay. We all Liverpool fans know about goals aren't the the thing that we rely upon Firmino for the most. I think it's a combination of goals and his contribution to the game that we're all used to. I think that's what made us question a little bit. But he's come back with a vengeance now, so I don't think there's anything to worry about. Uh, Mane, didn't he go on a little goal drought for a few games, five, six games where he didn't score? But we never questioned him about that because we, we know what kind of quality and class these players have. 
And if one player doesn't do it, another one steps in. That's the beauty of Klopp's squad and team, that you don't have to focus all your uh, eggs in one basket like um, Harry Kane and uh, Son um, uh, Tottenham do or Aubameyang for Arsenal. If those goals dry up, they struggle a little bit. I think for Liverpool, we're not quite like that. So... um, I think now Firmino coming back into the four is just good news for all of us. Um, And if all three of them are firing, then God help the opponents. I think Firmino's quality, and it's nice to have a backup in Yota that if one of them needs a rest, not because they're off form or they're not very good, it's just about rotating and playing out the long game for the whole season that we've got somebody who's got ability and quality to become and take in and um, take up that mantle. Um, but Firmino, in my opinion, has never uh, been a doubt. He's always been brilliant. And yesterday was a really good way of showing everybody that he's not going anywhere for a little while. Great answer. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, and we've, we've never doubted him on Cop On Podcast, not for a... Not for a not for a second, not for an iota of a of a nanosecond. Absolutely. The next goal, Brian, um it was, you know, Palace, they were, you know, just after half time, they were trying their best. They would have thought maybe if we could get one, then you never know what could happen. They were pushing, but then we got the ball. We started dominating the ball again. Uh, we played it around. They couldn't touch it. We played it out wide to, to Trent, who uh, laid a lovely ball. I, th- I believe the, the cliche is an inviting ball to Jordan Henderson. This was sort of, you know, the kind of invitation, the, the gilded invitation that you would get to a royal wedding. And Jordan Henderson, uh, duly RSVP'd, with a curling shot into the corner. Um, what did you make of either that goal or Jordan Henderson's performance yesterday? Well, as you said, it was like when this goal went in, um, at Crystal Palace were still trying. And as you know, it only takes a minute for things to change. Sorry, that was a take that reference. It just, <laughs> just completely went down. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, but um, oh, it was just brilliant. I mean, again, you know, uh, Trent, he just, Trent just teed it up like, oh, it was like a golf shot. It was, he just rolled it into his path and, and Hendo just, you know, stroked. It was like, just stroked in a top corner now i mean i hope robin uh doesn't mind but i need to talk about the goal after that uh um bobby's goal um because that goal for me was my absolute favorite because by that stage me and my buddy were just we were just in we were just in uh, Graceland. We were ecstatic. It was his birthday, you know, and he just had a face like a child that just found an Xbox under his Christmas tree, you know, and we were just just loving the game. And then that goal, you know, uh, uh, Salah picks the ball up over just past the halfway line, cuts in, strokes the ball across the pitch. Bobby picks it up. And then just dinks it at the outside of us. And I just looked at my buddy. I went, that was just filth, pure filth. You know, <laughs> I didn't even celebrate it. I just thought, wow. And then the, the then the camera cuts to um, uh, Curtis, who's on the who's on the sideline getting ready. And he looks at Klopp and goes, 
oh, oh, that was just something else, you know? Um, and, you know, to answer your original question about Hendo, oh, you know, I'm just running out of things to say about him. He is just everything you want in a captain. And, you know, a lot of uh, commentators have made comments about him um, uh, in, over the weekend about he's like a, he's like throwback to, you know, players from the 90s. You know, he's still he's still a bit old school um, and just a great guy, you know, a really good guy. And, a, you know, the kind of captain I want from, you know, like the same way um, Klopp is a, you know, he's an aspirational figure. He's a good man. Uh, uh, Jordan is a good man you can tell and I think Klopp has really brought that out of him really teased it out of him um, more shall we say it's always been there but you know Klopp has just really you know shined a bright light on it and and I think he's basically made him back himself you know and and write his own chapter and create his own dynasty and, and, and his own chapter of Liverpool history which we are now in the Jordan Henderson years, you know, it, it, it mean, it's the biggest compliment you can give him that people are no longer talking about, you know, Stephen Gerrard obviously will always be a legend. He will always be uh, a very special player, but now we've, we've moved on and we've got this new special player to talk about. And he, uh, he's just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm so proud that he's our captain. Proud is a fabulous word. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, wonderfully said, wonderfully said. And yeah, you sneakily talked about the next goal is absolutely fine. Firmino, um, the glorious dink, the dinkiest of dinks. Uh, Robin, um, uh, you get to talk about another Firmino goal, but Mo Salah as well. Um, having just, we'll get on to Salah in just a moment, but that's not a bad uh, first, you know, introduction to the game to play that ball, but the way that Firmino dispatched it was, was, I don't know, I don't have the word for it. Do do you? No, I'm not that intelligent. Um, the the ball from Trent, I think I want to give him a little bit of credit to that to play it into Salah's path. I thought that was quality. It was just inch perfect. I think the Palace defender tried to do some kind of acrobatic set for Saleh clearance and he just missed that and he went straight into Salah's path and Salah didn't he wasn't uh, ha- uh, rash he, he 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 thought about what to do next and I think the movement for Minamino as he pulled out to the right side of the 18 yard box I think that opened up the gap and Salah saw that space to slide the ball straight into Minamino uh, to Firmino and I thought that was such a perfect pass because it was weighted really well. The Palace defender tried to go for, for it, then realised, no, he can't go for it. It's just too much for him. And the first touch took uh, Firmino out a little bit too far out wide to the left-hand side, I thought. I thought, you've lost that central position that you had. But that dink over the top was sublime. It was so beautiful. It was just... Um, do you remember when Salah first broke onto the Liverpool scene and he was running full pelt towards a goal and he almost had it like a cheat goal where he would just dig the ball over the keeper and we haven't seen that much since then and I think this was another opportunity that it seems like when you're in that position just to chip it over the keeper, on rushing keeper, it seems like it's almost an easy goal. I say it's almost an easy goal, like I played in the Premiership, like I would know. But what I'm trying to say is that it seems like it works really well. And the execution on 
Firmino's left foot on his supposedly weaker foot was perfect. It was such a great goal. And we hit them on the counter-attack with devastating form that they were worried about that. And I think in the midweek game against Tottenham, many of the pundits and the media made out how good Tottenham are, are on the counter, uh, counter-attack. And they were. They Sun scored a goal against us. But I think let's not forget that you know Liverpool, one of the best at breaking at uh, speed to try and attack you when they think they're um, they're on the they're on the up. So that was an amazing movement, and that goal by Firmino was just brilliant. And I think that epitomised that his performance. It was just everywhere. I think also credit to the Liverpool team. I think the movement of the team was really good, and also the unselfishness. We've spoken about Salah. Sometimes he's so hungry to score goals for himself that he doesn't always look at other players. And I think that pass and that movement, I think Salah was very much a team player yesterday. I think the whole team were. I think they're all looking for who is in the best position for the best of the team. And I think as a result of that, we got such a healthy scoreline. And that pass by Salah, that movement by uh, uh, Minamino, I think everything added to us being so excellent and clinical. Yes. Wonderfully well said, absolutely. Uh, Salah, yeah, his unselfishness was, uh, I mean, he's getting better and better. If you look at, you know, a stat that I always look at, as regular listeners to this will know, I always look at passing accuracy as, as a stat, and Salah is, 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 has the best passing accuracy. Um, he also has an amazing stat. Um, is he has the highest uh, percentage of goal contributions per per match ever seen uh, in the Premier League. So in Premier League history, I think this stat came from before the match, even yesterday, uh, that he has 0.97 goal contributions per match. And the second highest in history was Thierry Henry with 0.96 gold contributions per game. And that's that's in Salah's time at Liverpool. We're discounting Chelsea. It didn't count. Mourinho was the manager. He had no clue of how to how to manage or get the best out of such a such a genius talent. But the the two goals that he scored, um the first one Palace, let's be honest, will be very, very, if you watch this this back, this goal, it's the least spectacular of the goals, really, uh, because it came from a corner. Um, but having said that, the reactions, uh, I've spoken about on this podcast before, um, Mo, Mo, Mo Salah's um, understanding of space is unlike any other player in history. He just, he doesn't need to dribble past players. He just takes a touch into the space and the other player can't get it. And and space and time are linked. Or so I read somewhere, you know, do look that up and uh, send me the formula, coponpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and his reactions were absolutely superb and then when it came to the last goal um it was picturesque it was a picture beauty wonder goal um alex oxley chamberlain i got the feeling when chamberlain made the pass to him that salah would just be like well i'm gonna take a shot because i'd love for chambo to get an assist as well as i'd love a goal uh maybe it was that or maybe i'm just uh i don't know it's just an just a feeling i got maybe i could just speaking speaking complete rubbish not for the first time um Brian, Mosala in that 30 minutes, um, last 
week or the week before I was talking about we were talking about whether Andy Robertson was was our player of the season and Fabinho may be the player of the season um, but actually all of that is wrong because of course it's Mo Salah of course it is uh, Brian he's 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 the ultimate forward yeah he is and you know what if he keeps this up he could literally rule the world this season he could he could take it all uh i think this is the season where he is really going to put put his marker down as the number one striker uh on the planet because yeah i mean the best the absolute best athletes in any sport do not exist in time and space they exist in the flow state they everything happens in slow motion for them they, they have all the time in the world just to look up, see the top corner, move the ball very slowly. Like time and space is an illusion for them. Everything else around them, everybody else is running and panting and, and trying really hard to get to them. But they're just poetry in motion and they're painting pictures. And yesterday he was painting a picture. And we like we were sitting down watching it on the couch and we both looked at each other before it happened and we knew what he was going to do. He was he was in that place where he loves to just shift the ball over to his left foot and then it just reminded me I think it was Chelsea where he scored an almost exactly, you know, same goal. Just this trajectory it, it's almost like you could see mathematics flying through the air. <laughs> that ball you cannot get to that ball no keeper in the world gets to that ball it's just the right velocity and speed and just drops in the top corner and it was just brilliant it was absolutely brilliant and i think uh bobby for the past four or five games bobby is starting to really come into his own again you're starting to feel like we're getting the best bobby firmino again and when the best bobby firmino comes up the best mo salah comes up the best man comes up because jesus when all three of them click and they're all you know, firing on 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 uh, top cylinders, it's just unstoppable. It's beautiful. We, you know, every game is going to be brilliant. It's going to we're going to have amazing goals to look at like that week in week out. And they're all kind of getting there. They're they're like for me, I think Salah Mo has been brilliant all season. He he has he has been um, I think more selfless uh, this season um than than previous seasons you know uh he, he he's playing a lot more for, for for the team he's he's uh he's he's turning up in in positions where i didn't see him previously and he just looks he looks very very settled and very very strong and um and just you know um doing all the right things every single time you know i i, I it's just a joy to watch him and and that is going to give his confidence I mean, not that he needs the conference, but you know, special players score those goals. You know that they and 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 once they start to rattle in, then it the, to get those goals again the next game it becomes easier and easier and easier. And it was just, I mean, what can you say about that goal? It was just amazing. It was almost it reminded me a bit like Eric Cantona when he scored that goal years ago and just turned around to the crowd and just say, "Check that out." It was beautiful. Yes, it was glorious. It was indeed glorious, um, and it's not in my mind. I, I, I'm just looking at his his passing completion stats in his career um, since they started counting these things at seventeen eighteen. Uh, obviously, his first season for Liverpool when he got uh, all those goals, seventy three point one percent 
passing completion, which is good for a forward. Um, in 1819, 75.1%. Uh, he improved by 2%, exactly. Um, in 1920, last season, he regressed a little bit to 74.3%, but it's still good. I mean, it's still very good. But then this season, he's on 82.8% uh, passing completion. He's keeping the ball despite being surrounded by three defenders. And you could say that that's a tactical thing from Jurgen Klopp. He's, he seems to be instructing him to, to be a bit more uh, selfless and, and, and to pass the ball quickly and backwards if necessary to to recycle the play, to, just to make sure the team keeps the ball and we don't lose it. But it, it, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. But, Robin, um, I am very disconcerted because he's got 13 goals and three assists in 13 Premier League matches. Uh, in the Champions League this season, he got, he's got he got four goals and one assist in uh, six matches. Sorry, three goals and one assist in six matches, but only 419 minutes. He didn't have six 90-minute games. Um, he's the best forward. Um, I, I, I rate him higher than Suarez. Yes, even. Um, uh, he's such a nice guy the way that he plays as well he plays in the right way um, Suarez was amazing though but for that one season but anyway I, I, I'm just going into my mind because I'm disconcerted about what Mohamed Salah said uh, apparently he did an interview to a Spanish publication it might have been AS um, or AS if you prefer um, and when he was asked about his long term future and he said this is a quote translated from Spanish to English to Spanish, Spanish to English, I don't know. That's a tough question, that's what he said. That's a tough question, but right now I can say that everything is in the hands of the club. Of course, I want to break records here, and I repeat all the club records, including Ian Rush's... I mean, he's welcome to get another 200 goals if he likes. Um, but it says... Yeah, of course, I want to break records here and I repeat all the club records, but everything is in the hands of the club. And it worries me, that kind of talk, Robin. It panics me. It worries me. And I woke up at seven o'clock this morning. I thought I'd have a lie-in. I wasn't working. Normally, I work seven days a week. I wasn't working today. I thought I'd have a nice lie-in, but I couldn't. I had to get up and, you know, wash my face and rub my eyes because that Mohamed Salah thing, man, it's 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 worrying me. I mean, is it, if it's a question of the club paying him what he deserves, then, you know, he surely deserves it, Robin. Shouldn't we break the bank, break the wage structure to keep Mo Salah around? I don't think there's any um, any controversy at the moment with Salah, at the moment with his contract, his happiness, his status at the club. Um, have, I, have I missed something? I think the only doubt that we have with any of our players is probably without him. Um, but I think Salah's on a contract that he's not too long ago has re-signed. He signed in 2018 and he it runs until 2023. So we do have another, you know, whatever that is. You do the maths, I can't figure it out. Yeah, two and a half years yeah, left on his contract. So, But it sounds like from his comments when he says, you know, everything is in the hands of the club. I don't know. It's a tough question about my long-term future. Everything is in the hands of the club. It sounds to me like he said to the club, right, you've got to pay me what, you know, what I deserve or I might be off. I don't know. I don't know. I might be reading too much into it. Well, if that is the case, if if he does deserve more, 
I think we've been treated to a uh, business masterclass by Edwards and the hierarchy that they will do what's best right for the club. Now, if it means that we pay him more than we pay him more, if it means that we negotiate a little bit further or we get somebody better in, then so be it. But um, it doesn't it doesn't seem he's unhappy. He seems to be enjoying his football. He has a big smile on his face when he's playing. He contributes to the team on a regular basis and his teammates um, appreciate that. So I think we still have at least two, two and a half years left over him. And he's, what, 28 now? That brings up to 30. So at the age of 30, it, whatever contract we give him, either then or just a couple of years beforehand, I think Liverpool would do best by him. But he's doing really well. If he wants a little bit more money, then I think as long as it doesn't uh, destabilise the harmony of the wage structure we have for the whole as a collective, I don't really want us to be one of those clubs that play ridiculous amount of wages like Chelsea and Man United and Arsenal do. Um, it has there has been uh, ethos about how we do that. Um, I think Mohamed Salah would fit into that, and also we're, we're at a quite a uh, luxurious point at the moment in the world market of where do you want to go? If you left Liverpool, where are you going to go that it, you're going to better your career for? And there are very uh, big prestigious clubs in the world. I'm not saying Liverpool is the top of the top. Um, but at the moment, we're in a very good form. We're in a good cycle. And we're playing the most, one of the most attractive football in world football. But who's to say that if he was to go to Bayern Munich or to Real Madrid or to Juventus, wherever it may be, that he will have the same kind of setup, the, t- the technical setup and the, uh, the focus that the manager gives to be able to play to his strengths. He may flop over there, whereas at the moment, everything's set up to him to succeed so I don't think it's just about wages it's a bit similar to the whole um, Wijnaldum situation about him going to Barcelona in my mind it just doesn't make sense why would you go to Barcelona the only thing Barcelona have over Liverpool is a, a bit of the prestige and more sunshine those are the two things apart from that in terms of footballing um, footballing sense you, why would you go there Simtis Salah, I think everybody loves him there, he's worshipped there, he has good relationship with the media, and he's scoring goals, he's breaking records regularly, consistently, you know, why would you leave? And he's winning trophies, and he has such a big, um, the Premiership football was also broadcast so widely in the African continent, that he's also getting a lot of accolades in his hometown and home countries as well, so Everything seems to be working out well for him. I don't see why he would go. So uh, a few 10, 20, 30,000 pounds more isn't going to break Liverpool's bank. But even if Liverpool were to hold firm, I think Salah will be silly to go. That's made me feel a lot better. Thank you very much, Robin. Thank you. Uh, although, uh, you know, I am in Spain and I do, I, and I will say to everybody, you know, the sun is pretty good. It's pretty underrated, uh, just like Mo Salah himself. Um, Brian, Jurgen Klopp, um, I love talking about Jurgen Klopp. Um, <laughs> his news is that he was named the best manager of the year in the FIFA awards, uh, voted by journalists, by uh, pros, and I think by fans as well, um, ahead of Hansi Flick. He wasn't expecting it. Um, but another thing from Opta, a stat from Opta, um, that he has now recorded 
with that win, uh, more wins than Rafa Benitez. Uh, he overtook Rafa Benitez in a, his 127th uh, top flight win, uh, which has come in 196 games. Uh, so he's ahead at, at the top of a list that includes uh, Rafa Benitez, um, Gerard Houllier, who had 112 wins in 228 games. Rafa Benitez, 126 wins in 228 games as well, oddly. Um, Roy Evans, 184 games and 87 wins. And Brendan Rodgers, uh, 122 games and 63 wins. So his win ratio is 64.79%. It's the best in our history. Can only Bill Shankly, uh, Paisley and uh, Fagan hold any claim to being better in in our history, Brian. Um, I, I don't know. Owns uh, the is the answer to that honestly because um, I'm uh, I don't know if you classify me as a new fan or anything, but I you know really started to follow Liverpool religiously, shall we say, um, uh, around the time of um, Evans and Jared Houllier. I mean, and that from that point onwards, you know, I never missed the game. So whilst I'm aware of our illustrious history, I don't. And and uh, everything I've read and heard about Shanks and Paisley really resonates me with me. They're not truly my managers. I don't don't have a have a sense for them. I don't have a connection with them, so I couldn't say. But I will say this: Jurgen Klopp, as a human being, is a very advanced person. He's a he he is a man of character. He is a man of substance. He is um it's no it's no accident that John Henry, who is like a ridiculous a hedge fund manager and like a business operator at the highest levels, has come out and said, This guy could do anything. He could be a CEO of a company and run a a Nasdaq listed company for for, for sure. He I, you know, everything about him is just I've just been so impressed with him every step of the way. Um, you, you can tell he's a he's a very thoughtful man. Um, I, I loved the way he accepted uh, the, the 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 awards the other night. You know, just typical humbleness. Uh, it's not it's not false humbleness. It's it's true. He 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 gave credit to his team. He 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 mentioned them individually. Uh, he had. You know, he had Trent in the office with him. And uh, I think when I was waiting for that uh, video to to load up, I think there was an interview um, uh, came up on YouTube uh, where um, uh, reporters were asking him about Jose Mourinho. And Jose was, you know, pontificating about being the most successful manager, this, that and the other. And Klopp just said, yeah, well, if he if that's what he said, he he is he is the most successful manager and he and he's a great manager and I, and I have no problems with that because because he, he is he's just uh, he's just very very special we should just all re- just truly relish and and enjoy every sip of Jurgen Klopp whilst he is here and i was just saying to my friend uh the other night you know we've all been going through quite a tough uh year um with with COVID and, you know, uh, political uncertainty pretty much everywhere around the world. Um, you know, it's been, it's been a tiring time for, 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 for many people. And I was thinking, you know, we're so lucky being Liverpool fans because it's like Prozac. It really is because 
whilst all of this horrible stuff has been going on, at least we've had the pleasure of having Jurgen Klopp as our manager and this amazing football team week in, week out. All we do is win, 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 win. And sometimes we don't win like really, really good, but most times we do. And no matter what's going on in your life, you always know come Saturday, Liverpool's playing and they're probably going to batter somebody and that's going to make you happy for at least two days. And then the world will start to kind of remind (laughs) you of all the shit that's going on again. And uh, I just thought, you know, those poor people, imagine being a Man United fan going through COVID. (laughs) Just be Jesus. Like, I mean, we know. Can you imagine? Because we know what they're going through because we went through that, didn't we? Yeah, no, I mean, I I do imagine that um, sometimes, and I imagine, you know, sometimes I imagine being an Everton fan. If I if I if I if I'm if I'm feeling bad, you know, I just think, well, you know, I mean, I grew up on a small island, and you know, it's called Jersey, and um, sometimes when I was just lamenting the fact as a, as a youngster that I was sort of stuck on this rock. I would think, well, at least I wasn't born on Guernsey, which is exactly the same. It's a beautiful place, but it's even smaller. And, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on with, uh, you know, um, you know, any kind of, you know, all of the horror that's been going on this year. Um, you're exactly right. We do have this wonderful escape um, that just, you know, it, it keeps feeding us, doesn't it? This, this, this beautiful, beautiful combine harvester that uh, ploughs through the fields. Yes, Brian. You know, I consider you a friend now, Owen. And when you said, uh, sometimes I imagine being an Everton fan, um, please do not stare into the abyss, because if you stare into the abyss too long, it will stare right back at you. (laughs) Don't do that. It's too dangerous. Thank you very much. Being a Man Man United fan, okay, but being an Everton fan, don't do that, because that that could cause permanent damage. Uh, I'm not a physician. But, you know, I've watched YouTube videos, and so I'm kind of like a physician. Um, you know, don't, don't do that. It's too dangerous. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the advice. Yes, thank you. That's uh, that, uh, likewise. Yes, okay. Pull me, you pulled me back from the brink there. Uh, fantastic. Um, Robin, uh, you know, our manager, Jurgen Klopp, you know, the light in the darkness, uh, the candle that's not in the wind. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of our, our dear leader? I don't know. I call him a leader. It's a bit religious, a bit cultish, isn't it? No, no, but, I understand. Uh, but I mean, what what can I say about Jurgen Klopp that we don't already know now? He's just, I still feel that he's on his honeymoon period. God knows how long he's been here, but I feel as though <laughs> he's still surprising us. He's still amazing us. We're still in awe of what's going to happen next. And he still can't seem to do anything wrong by us. Um, and that, I am. I, I remember feeling that on his first few weeks, he was here at Anfield. I thought this guy is amazing. He's going to be different. He's going to be exciting, and that's never dipped. And I still am amazed by what he can do. And no matter whatever success we get in a, a season, the next season he seems like there's an involvement. There's there's something change whether it's a tweak in the defensive line or how we play heavy metal football where we back off a little bit or when is our trigger point to attack or how we're going to maintain possession there's a small change every season so i feel as though 
everything's still exciting. So we're relatively new in this season, and I feel as though this this season there's new challenges that we have with personnel, the momentum of games coming thick and fast, um, and our Klopp is uh, evolving to that with Pep and the team. Um, I, I I think he's awesome and you can see that he didn't think twice about bringing Sadio Mane off at 51 minutes doesn't bother him at all Mane wasn't very happy about that but Klopp can deal with that and I feel comfortable and confident that Klopp can deal with those personalities because Klopp is a um, is a very much a a very heavyweight personality where he can deal with Salah and Mane and whoever else comes in so I think there's um, a lot of positives to go in there. And one thing that surprised me this season compared to the last seasons is that although these injuries that we have had, whoever we brought in to cover these gaps, whether it's uh, Nico Williams or Rhys Williams or Phillips, uh, Curtis Jones, it's not the personnel that's important. It's the system that's important. And whoever comes in must fulfill the system of how Liverpool play. Now, compare that to other clubs and other squads. The person that they bring in to fulfill a weakness then becomes that weakness because the quality of that player isn't as good as the one that they're replacing. Whereas at Liverpool, it doesn't matter who you are, you play to a system. And I think Klopp has been um, genius in how to build that mindset and that confidence for the person coming in to be able to do that and we we're starting to come out of this difficult period where we've had so many injuries although we've got one or two big uh, massive injuries with uh, Gomez and uh, Thiago and Van Dijk um, we, we've got uh, Trent back we've got Henderson back Allison, and a few other players who are coming back into the team now so it doesn't look that lightweight if you if we had one or two more injuries then then it does look a bit shaky but i think klopp has instilled this mentality in this team which we haven't seen in previous season it just still carries on carries on to impress me that how much more does this guy have he's just awesome and and his post-match um response to what uh, uh Jose, Jose Mourinho said about uh, the best team won or if I behave like the way that Klopp does, I'll be out of here and his response was brilliant saying that, well, perhaps my English is not as good as I thought. I think that the use of comedy or comic um, in that sense diffuses that situation really well because we all know what a prick Mourinho is, but uh, Klopp wasn't pulled into any of that. He just used his natural charisma and humour to defuse that situation, I thought that was very politically correct. Well done, Klopp. So I don't know what else to say about him. He just continues to impress me. Just when I think he's he's reached his peak, he just pulls up another level. And congratulations on him winning the FIFA Men's Best Coach Award as well. Congratulations, indeed. Yes, yes. Brilliant answer. Brilliant answer. Um, time is a ticking, gentlemen, and I just have one more question. Um, our points per game after 14 matches, then. Um, we've played seven at home. We've we've won seven, so that's three points per game. Um, away from home, we've played seven, won two, drawn four, and lost one. So room for improvement there. But our overall points per game is two point two one, 
And if you um, extrapolate, if that's the right word, that over the course of a whole season, we're on for 84 points. Um, is that enough, Brian? Are we going to win the league? Or are we going to, you know, we might go on a run and, uh, now anyway. Uh, but, uh, you know, very simply, uh, are we going to win the league? Yeah, we're winning the league. We're absolutely winning the league. We are streets ahead of uh, everything else that's out there. And we're probably going to win a lot of other stuff as well. Um, can I just make one suggestion? Because the, the, for next podcast, there was a player that came up um, over the weekend that caught my eye. Um, the centre-back for Southampton, uh, Vestergaard. Have you, have, you, have, you have you seen that guy? Have I seen him? He's in my fantasy Premier League team. He's, I've been following him for ages. He's a wonderful player. Well, we need to sign him. Oh, what a player. He looks like a perfect backup. He need, looks like a perfect Centre back to sign right now. I mean, I was I, so impressed. I, I, with I don't it. think Southampton will sell to us anymore. <laughs> we should just <laughs> buy the club. Let's just buy the city, and we could just turn it into a training ground, training facility. We could call it Kirby, uh, Kirby FC. <laughs> Good idea, Kirby South. Fantastic. No, it's brilliant stuff. Absolutely. What about you, Robin? Um, you know, do you think we we we're, we're winning the league? And uh, you know, are we gonna? You know, make Southampton's. You know, are Southampton going to be our our Santa Claus this this Christmas? <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to win the league. I think we're we're position. It's like a chess match. We're position. We're positioning all of our pieces in the right spaces to be able to go out to full on attack after January and um, six points clear around Christmas time. No other team looks consistent enough. Chelsea, Tottenham, Man City, and whoever else we're going to call. Nobody looks consistent enough. And we've done this all with a depleted team squad and VAR inefficiencies, which we can complain about. I think last year, most of the league called us uh, Liverpool because of the decisions that went for us. So whatever it is, it is. We're still top of the league, and we'll deal with that. And I think when all of our players come back in, or um, we're starting to hit the kind of form that we're just about to see now. I, th- I think we're just going to stretch that six points into bigger and bigger and bigger. So um, I think I think the rest of the team, the rest of the league needs to watch out. I think we're going to do really, really well. And I don't actually think we need that many reinforcements in January. I think I've been impressed enough with Nat Phillips and Rice Williams to think that actually we've got enough there. Um, if we find a superstar or sometimes Liverpool have got this knack of uh, finding a player that none of us really know too much about and he turns out to be excellent, if that's the case, then so be it. But I wouldn't go out to go and break the back. I think our squad is good enough to be able to push on to the next level. So, um, title number 20 coming up. Oh, man, that sounds so good. That sounds so good. And on that note... Um, I'm going to say thank you very much, uh, uh, Robin. Brilliant to talk to you again. And uh, thank you, as usual. Brilliant to talk to, to you, Brian, as well. Absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Owen. Yeah. Take it easy, Brian. Thanks, Robin. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy the time. <laughs> Merry Christmas, indeed. <laughs>